Forlock Forbach Reads. Produced by the Cincinnati and Hamilton County Public Library. Welcome to Warlock Vorabach Reads, a Cincinnati and Hamilton County Public Library podcast. Our poet this time was so dashing, yet so reclusive, and more famous during her lifetime for her botany than her poetry. Now, our last poet sounded like he belonged in the medieval ages. This poet was ahead of her times. I, of course, am referring to Emily Dickinson. Emily was born on December 10th, 1830, in Amherst, Massachusetts. Her grandfather was one of the founders of Amherst College, and her father, Edward, was a lawyer and trustee for the college. Edward wanted his children to be well-educated, even so far as sending them letters while away on business to check on their grades. Emily excelled at school, but soon showed signs of anxiety, particularly about death. When her second cousin Sophia died of typhus, Emily had to be sent to relatives in Boston to recover. In 1845, a religious revival took place in Amherst. Among 46 others, Emily found happiness with God. However, this experience was a fleeting one. For a brief 10 months, Emily attended Mount Holyoke Family Seminary, but left for unknown reasons. Charlotte Bronte's gothic novel Jane Eyre was highly influential to Emily, going so far as to name her dog after one of the characters. Emily also penned many letters, in particularly to her sister-in-law Susan Gilbert. Scholars have debated with much contention whether or not these letters contained homoerotic feelings, but nothing is definitive. In 1855, Emily took one of her longest and farthest trips from Amherst. Afterwards, her mother would become increasingly bedridden. Emily took on the role of helping her and thus started to become more and more reclusive. However, her poetry became more and more productive and in the summer of 1858, the same year our last poet, William Morris, wrote the tune of the Seven Towers, Emily began creating manuscripts of poetry. In total, she created 40 books containing nearly 800 poems. Nobody knew about the existence of these books until after she died. Ten poems of hers were published in her lifetime, all published anonymously and heavily edited, especially the punctuation. The first half of the 1860s were the most productive time for her writing, but by 1867, she would no longer leave the house and would speak to visitors from the other side of a closed door. When her father died, she merely opened the door to her room. She asked her sister Lavinia to burn her papers, 
and died on May 15, 1886, as the result of Bright's disease. Lavinia did burn most of her correspondence, but became obsessed with seeing her poetry published. She turned to her brother's illicit lover, Mabel Loomis Todd, for help, but a feud caused the manuscripts to be divided between the two families, preventing a complete publication of her poems for more than half a century. The first volume of poems Edited by Mabel Loomis Todd to match 19th century punctuation and capitalization standards was a smash hit in 1890. More followed the next year. It is from these publications I will read I Died for Beauty, One Need Not Be a Chamber to Be Haunted, and The Only Ghost I Ever Saw. But first... Here are some historical highlights from 1890 and 1891. The Sleepin' Beauty with music by Tchaikovsky premieres in St. Petersburg. Nellie Bly goes around the world in 72 days. Rallies and strikes throughout European and American cities and mining towns demand an eight-hour workday. The Picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde is published in Lippincott's monthly magazine. George Dixon defeats the British bantamweight boxing champion in London, making George the first black world champion in any sport. The Ouija board is first released. Idaho and Wyoming become the 43rd and 44th state of America. Lime green is first described as a color. Vincent Van Gogh shoots himself and dies two days later. Hunkpapa Lakota leader Sidinbol is killed by police. The Wounded Knee Massacre happens in South Dakota, when the United States 7th Cavalry brutally murdered 153 Lakota Sioux performing a non-violent ghost dance because they feared it was a rallying tool for rebellion. Francis Galton classifies the uniqueness of human fingerprints. The Chilean Civil War of 1891 happens when there is a conflict between the army and the Navy. Loli Owokalani is proclaimed Queen of Hawaii. In the FA Cup quarter final of English Association football, a deliberate handball prevents a goal right at the goal line. An indirect free kick is rewarded, but changes public opinion in favor of the penalty kick. The Music Hall in New York City later known as Carnegie Hall, has its grand opening performance with Tchaikovsky as guest conductor. Sherlock Holmes first appears in the Strand magazine. Now official, John Heath scores the first penalty kick for the Wolverhampton Wanderers. Nicola Tausa invents the Tausa coil. And now to read the poetry of Emily Dickinson.
I died for beauty. I died for beauty, but was scarce adjusted in the tomb, when one who died for truth was laying in an adjoining room. He questioned softly why I failed. For beauty, I replied. And I for truth, the two are one, we brethren are, he said. And so, as kinsmen met a night, we talked between the rooms, until the moss had reached our lips and covered up our names. One need not be a chamber to be haunted. One need not be a chamber to be haunted. One need not be a house. The brain has corridors surpassing material place. Far safer of a midnight meeting external ghost than an interior confronting that whiter host. Far safer through an abbey gallop the stones a chase than, moonless, one's own self-encounter in lonesome place. Ourself, behind ourself concealed, should startle most. Assassin, hidden in our apartment, be horror's least. The prudent carries a revolver. He bolts the door. Overlooking a superior specter more near. The only ghost I ever saw. The only ghost I ever saw was dressed in Mechlin. So he wore no sando on his foot and stepped like flakes of snow. His gait was soundless like the bird, but rapid like the roe. His fashion quaint, mosaic, or haply mistletoe. His conversation seldom his laughter like the breeze that dies away in dimples among the pensive trees. Our interview was transient, of me himself was shy, and God forbid I look behind since that appalling day. Thank you for listening to Warlock Vorabach Reads, a Cincinnati and Hamilton County Public Library podcast. I hope you are enjoying these supernatural poems as much as I have enjoyed reading them. Why don't you leave us a comment on social media about your favorite spooky poem? And be sure to spread word about the podcast. Our next poet was born in Dayton, Ohio, published his first poems at the age of 16, and served as the president for the high school's literary society. Till next time. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Vorbach Vorbach Reads. Subscribe to this podcast right now so you don't miss future episodes. And discover more of our podcasts at cincinnatilibrary.org slash podcasts.